Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and this week I'm joined by two of my friends Kelsey and Kyle. And these two agreed to watch The Bachelorette with me. Kelsey and Kyle are both reality TV aficionados. We've watched several shows together over the quarantine. We all also were watching reality shows before it started and would talk about them. And so there wasn't too much arm twisting involved to get them to watch this, but they had never seen the show before. Uh, Kyle strangely has seen The Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart, which was the spin-off version of The Bachelor, which was more of like a music show. And I actually didn't watch that one, but I've been watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette for the past few years and I got into it because my friend had an office betting pool and they were betting on the show and I filled it out blind. I filled it out just completely based on my knowledge of reality television and what the limited information that was available on the contestants were and so I watched the season along with her to see how basically my like sort of ghosting draft picks went and I did really well. I did really really well for never having seen the show before but having consumed a lot of reality television and pretty much from then on I was hooked so I've been watching you know a couple of years now I know Claire Crawley is really popular in the Bachelor Nation but I had only seen her on Bachelor in Paradise and obviously Kelsey and Kyle have never seen her at all so this is their first exposure to the show and while the season is of course going to be a little bit different because it's in quarantine and all this sort of strange stuff it, I was really interested to see what their reactions were in approaching what kind of feels like a more old-school dating show at this point compared to say Love Island which we also watch together right Love Island is more about hooking up and yes there's the couple that is the most viable towards the end factor but the bachelor and the bachelorette are very old school like you're here for one person you're supposed to get married and engaged at the end of it it's very very quote serious in that sense whereas some of the other shows we've watched have been a little more lax and a little caveat Kelsey did have to drop out towards the end so when you hear her go MIA it's not because we're not including her it is because she had to leave for something also this should go without saying but complete spoiler alert for the first episode or the premiere episode of the bachelorette without further ado here's we're watching what so a little context, we all started watching Love Island this summer together. We didn't all finish, Kelsey is the only one who powered through and made it to the end of Love Island. Kyle and I both dropped off. Kelsey and I have talked extensively about our love of Housewives. Kyle, yeah. where do you stand in the Bravo pantheon? Are you a Bravo person at all? Sometimes, I, I love to watch people fight, so. <laughs> so yes, sometimes Bravo, I actually really like to watch the reunion specials just because I feel like that's where the drama happens. I don't always have the time as much as I would like to. <laughs> Those are the most efficient way I feel like to watch a Bravo show yeah. is if you can't watch it all, just watch the reunions. Yeah. D Kelsey, do you have a favorite Housewives franchise? Oh, it's hard. It's hard to say because they each have their, their wonderful moments and different vibes. So no, not really. <laughs> Do you have a favorite housewife? I feel like I'm not called to a franchise, but I'm called to individual personalities. Like I would follow Nene Leakes to the end of the earth. Same with Bethany Frankel. And I don't even watch housewives. I just know them. <laughs> Do you follow Nene even now with all the drama? Not as much now. Early Nene versus now Nene, but yeah. Yeah, I also, same with Bethany. I also really like Teresa. <laughs> She's, she is a classic. I've actually seen her in person a couple times. Oh, that's right. I remember that. I think you texted me and I was like, oh. I, yeah, I was just uh, in San Francisco running an errand and I saw, I was like, that, is that just, are you serious right now? And I, <laughs> I was a weirdo and chased her down and the friend that she was with was like, yes, it's Teresa. Okay. <laughs> that's the only thing you can do in that scenario. You see one, if they're in the wild, it's just, you got to take your, you got to shoot your shot. She was super sweet too. She was like, hey. 
I should also note this sum this summer, especially in the summer of quarantine, but some of these we all started watching together a little bit before. We all watched Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle. Mm-hmm. Did you two watch Indian Matchmaking? Yes. I did not. Okay. But basically, we all have dipped our toes, or if you're me, I'm drowning in reality, dating, etc. shows, and you two were kind enough to watch The Bachelorette with me. Not with me, but yeah, we all watched it. It's your first, it's Kelsey's first foray into Bachelor Nation at all. Mm-hmm. And Kyle, you, I don't, can you explain to me why you were willing to watch Ugh. the music one, which is so not connected to any of these? Yeah, I think it's maybe the disconnect that drew me to it, if I'm being frank. I think it was also a time and place situation, right? That is fair, yes. Bachelor, the, I forget what it's called, it something like Song of My Heart or something like that, came out right at the beginning or close to the beginning of Shelter in Place where we were like, what's going to happen? Everything went on hiatus for a while to save all their episodes. And so it was just sort of vanilla comfort television that we could watch. And it was only like six weeks, which was nice. Vanilla is the right word for most of these franchises. They are very white. (laughs) Yeah. It was also a, a good primer, I think, or like intro to the bachelor nation which there were like folks who who popped in as like guest judges during performances and stuff and i was like who is that (laughs) did they end up with their person that they matched with i'm gonna guess the answer i didn't watch the listen to your heart or whatever it is but i'm gonna guess the answer is no they did not end up they were not the success well maybe some of them were the success stories um i think that they only picked the success stories Ah. because it was like rachel and the guy that she proposed or that proposed to her and i forget who else was on there they also had like random people like ashley simpson and her husband were on there (laughs) that's a name i have not heard in a long time (laughs) so i don't know it was weird Okay, so first impressions, and this this season is a little strange, but I, w- I would love to know first impressions of The Bachelorette. I could say that I feel like it's way too many people that they start with, way too many bachelors. Because I'm, I agree. It's just like, how do we keep track of all of these people? And she legitimately had no time to meet all of these people, and they all went through so much to get there, and I felt so bad for all of them. Did you feel bad for them though? Did you actually feel bad? I did. I actually did. And then another impression here was with Claire and how much history she has. I was like, holy crap. She's really integrated in this franchise. I feel like her, her destiny has been calling her to the bachelor for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you, Kelsey. I think there are far too many men at the outset and they all kind of have the same haircut, which when there's a lot of folks on the show is how I try and keep them apart. It's like, oh, the guy with the you know purple tits or whatever. And they all look the same. <laughs> I think it happens more often when it's a guy bachelor and there's women, but usually there's also even more repeat names. And so there was one year where it was four Rachels or something like that, or, or three different Hannahs. And so the fact that this year, actually this year, the most interesting thing to me is there were two men named Blake and their last initial was M. So they had to give two different people full names. That's yeah. how cookie cutter these dudes are is that they can't even find outside the template of naming (laughs) so I could see how it would be very confusing what are what are your top burning questions after having watched well I mean obviously I want to know what happens to make her leave the show (laughs) I have a guess I have a guess and I I don't want I didn't look it up like I didn't go online to find any more details just because I I now I'm going to be watching it and yes (laughs) yes I want to just find out what happens but yeah I I have a feeling that she's going to just decide to 
spend time with Dale and leave the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm team not reading spoilers. I do know that there's some sort of drama that happened before. There's been a couple theories that I read, but I'm just trying to see it as it unfolds as well. So I'm, I'm with I, you on what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I have done some very basic Googling, mostly <laughs> because I was trying to figure out who was who. Valid, very valid, yes. And like learn more about, like I like to look at their Instagram accounts when the show's on to like try and figure out who they are. And of course they shut them all down. But I know it happens early. Like I was thinking that they were going to get halfway through the season, but it happens in like, I think chron chronologically they were there for two weeks or something. And then the, the show exploded. And oh. so I don't think we have to wait very long for the Hurricane Claire to, to blow up the show. I agree with that. I do, I do want to bring in one piece of information. It's going to be like a tiny bit spoilery, but it was a big announcement and I do think it's going to be, but they also sort of hinted at it. They did announce that the Rachel Lindsay was the first black major, like main contestant. She was a bachelorette. They've already cast a black male bachelor for the next season. But then they announced this woman, Tasha, who has been on the show before. She was a contestant on somebody's season, so she wasn't like the main person. And then she appeared on Bachelor in Paradise, which is a, a more Netflixy type spinoff where they're just like on an island all trying to bone basically. And then they said that she was going to be cast next. And I, one of the things that they did seem to hint at is a replacement Bachelorette. And my mm. fear is that they're going to bring her in. And I'm like, that's so not fair to have the, it's the second black person on the show as the main person pick up the leftovers of yeah. Also, these guys are not exciting or interesting or anything to write home about, it seems like. So don't give her their leftovers. Yeah, I was watching their intros and I was like, all these guys are, there's two or three of them that I could very clearly remember by the end. Everyone else is so milquetoast that I was, where do they find these guys? Like, don't they want people to be interesting on this show? <laughs> it's like they deliberately tried to find the most boring people that they could. Who were the ones who stood out for both of you? Who were your top guesses? Guesses for her to connect with? Not only her to connect with, but just sort of the, the people that we'll be seeing on the show, right? Because like every show, there's the people there for love. And I say that in aggressive quotes because they're not. And then there's the people there for fame who are there to make a raucous. And then there are the sort of underdogs who kind of slip in and you're like, oh, I actually like that person. So who, who left an impression on you? Which, who would you give your first impression rose to? Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, I mean, I can say who I stood out in a bad way. Also valid. <laughs> so AJ, AJ, with how awkward he was, it was just like, what, what is happening right now? I feel bad for him. Yeah, and the fact that he hurt her hands when yeah. he met her. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously Yosef, that guy seems like a slime ball, like already. It's just like what is happening right now and I was shocked at the end that she still chose to keep him on it was just like this is some real bad judgment maybe that's why you're still single <laughs> one person who I think is trying to be a villain <laughs> Go on. you know there's also those folks who are like I'm not here to make friends right and I believe you know Dana when we were talking earlier we called him Harvard Bennett um Rolls-Royce. Harvard yeah, Bennett Rolls-Royce. Use his full name. His full name, Harvard Bennett Rolls-Royce, the guy who rolled up in his own car. <laughs> it just like gave me the icky feeling all over, just like inside and out. Seems disgusting. I hate him. It took him all of 10 to 15 seconds in his intro to drop the fact that he went to Harvard. <laughs> 
I can't. And he was I didn't make fun of the fact that Harvard people do that all the time. Yes, making fun. There's Did so I ever watch Thirty that. Rock? Yeah. He's he's like Tufer who always drops that he went to Harvard. <laughs> the one that I thought was pretty great was Easy. He he seems like he would really add a lot of personality, and he seems like he's genuinely interested to be consideration of Claire's. I agree. I really liked Easy. I think he had a fun intro that was not too much, right? Some of them were really over the top, like the bubble guy or the yeah. straight jacket guy. Um, oh, God. Guy. And he still had it the whole night. It was the like, whole what night. Are you, doing? <laughs> you almost have to give him credit for dedicating to the bit, or nobody had the keys to get him out of it. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure out which one. Yeah, I thought Easy was great. I, part of me wondered if he was in the running. I, if, I was trying to also figure out like who from this group they were going to pick to be a future bachelor and I felt like mm. easy as one that they would keep as a possible future bachelor because uh, mm. he seemed fun and he's young but not 24 <laughs> you know yeah I'm I'm impressed that you picked up this early on how they kind of cannibalize from their own not cannibalize but they draw they almost always draw from their own casts like there has not I've only been watching the show a couple of years now, which is probably too many years at this point. But every single person has always been a previous, they've appeared on a previous one. Like there's no newcomers, except for the, uh, maybe this new guy, but I think he's also existed before. Yeah, they, they, it's almost always somebody who has to gain following on the show. I, it's, it's interesting because Easy for me, I was like, oh, is Easy the producer plant? He's the one who's there to sort of move the narrative along, but be likable, but doesn't actually, isn't actually here for love. He's just there to mm. help us tell the story. Mm. I didn't think about that. Yeah, he's the one that's like, and then so-and-so went off with Claire. And I was mad. Yeah. <laughs> so-and-so showed up in a Rolls Royce. <laughs> he's our he's our little mini narrator. It, having seen seasons of the show before, you pick up on the little devices they start to use. So the, like, the fight between Yosef and, God, what was his name? Luke or something? I don't know. It's probably, I bet you it's Luke. Either way, the, the two guys who picked a fight in the first episode... One of the new things that they've been doing in the past few seasons is somebody always comes armed with info from the outside world, right? Oh, somebody has approached them with information from Instagram or this person's ex has come up with a, and then the two choices are either confront the person directly or slide that info to the main bachelor or bachelorette and be like, I, did, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to bring this up, but uh, it's come to my attention that, and I have to tell you to save you. And a lot of times it backfires. Wow. So it's funny that you mentioned that because Bachelor Listen to Your Heart, the music one that I had watched previous to this, had a similar plot device, but it was more of a Love Island setup where they were just like, look at these singles. Are they going to pair up? Who knows? And then they have to sing duet. But halfway through, they brought in like three new women to like figure out if there's going to be a recoupling, right? <laughs> um, and one of, the, one of the women was friends with one of the guy's ex-girlfriends oh why did you cheat on Kelsey or whatever her name was and that was like a big deal for the girl that he was with at the time it was just like blew up the whole I mean they have to do something to create drama but it was like they really picked some drama to bring in <laughs> this is I think this is their only way of bringing in sort of fresh blood in some of these cases right it's like oh bring in the whoever bring and I don't think they've yet gone so far as to bring in one of those people yet yet we have had ex-girlfriends show up and confront people on the show or ex you know ex but it's been it's actually been pretty great it's terrible this is all terrible this is all trash but i love it they sign up for it yes and so do i <laughs> very true <laughs> let's talk about claire what did you think of claire i liked her a lot more once the men started showing up i thought that her introduction was so irritating 
and like her like oh, finally I get the chance to be the bachelorette finally so much is against me in my life and on this show and in the world and I, I wanted to like her because I liked it they picked a woman who is a bit on the older side and wasn't just hot young blonde replaces other hot young blondes but I just really did not like her as her. I liked her in the interactions with the dude. Yeah, I would say the same. It got to be super cheesy and annoying in the beginning because it's just the same like, oh my God, the world is against me and my story, I'm just a perfect angel, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, ugh. And then finally when she did meet up with the men, it was like, okay, these are these are good conversations. It seems like she's doing the best she can with this overflow of men. <laughs> So, and giving everybody a chance, except for when she met Dale. It was definitely a moment, but it was felt bad for every other guy after that. It was, it was very decisive. I've never seen that on the show, right? And, and part of it's just them setting it up. But uh, she, she did display certainly maturity because when she was confronted with that, well, I've been told by whoever, most people, they spend a lot of drama. That was several episodes worth of drama in one season of this person said this and this person said that and they fought together. And the fact that she was like, I'm gonna go talk to other people right now. I was like, oh good. I wrote about this when I wrote my write-up, but there is a, part of this is Botox and it took me a while to figure out. And part of it I think is just her. She will laugh and smile about things and it will not reach her eyes. And mm. I think both physically and emotionally, it does not reach her eyes. She mm. laughs because she thinks that's what people want to hear at the time, or she's like the type of person who would say, that's so funny, instead of actually laughing. Oh. Yeah, I noticed that also when she was crying, too. There was a, a bit before the dude showed up where Chris was talking to her about her dad and the, like, video that he made, and she started crying, and I wanted to believe it was genuine because I feel like that is the real tragedy in her life, but you could hear it in her voice, but it didn't seem to really hit the rest of her. <laughs> <laughs> that was the exact sequence where I noticed, I was like, okay, I think it's Botox, because her forehead doesn't move at all, at all. Mm. And her eyebrows barely move. I was like, okay, okay. You know, no shade on getting work done, et cetera, et cetera, but you. <laughs> I was also like, are, are you crying? Do you know how to cry? Do you, I mean, <laughs> I know that, I mean, part, a very key component of being on The Bachelor and Bachelorette is crying. It's like crying or fighting. Like those are the two key competencies to being on, on the show. And so I know she has to know how to cry. It just, maybe that moment didn't feel like the right one for her. I don't know. Or I think she felt obligated to cry and that was her best sort of fake perform. It was a performance. It's what it is. It's a performance at the end of the day. I think they're all, they're all performers. Some of them are for better sure. than others. Yeah. It seems like we're going to get a good performance when she says that famous line of, I've never settled for men like him or something. Oh yeah. See how that yeah. Happens. Yeah, I really wonder what kicks that off if he says, if it's in direct response to, I expected more out of the oldest bachelorette in history. And like 39 is not that old, okay guys, like let's settle down. 39 <laughs> is dead in bachelor land, dead. She might as well be the crypt keeper. Uh, yeah. She is, she, I mean, I, no, I, I, I don't personally believe that 39 <laughs> is dead, but it, it is true that she is, I looked it up, she's the oldest main contestant by far by a couple of years, and that includes the men. Usually the men are maybe mid-30s at the oldest, and that's when they've had their final sort of, when they are the main character, sometimes they've been the daters and then get elevated to bachelor. And then, so they're a couple of years older by then, but she is 
the the oldest. It happens. Yeah, I wonder if maybe one of the young guys was like, ah, threw it in her face because she was spending time with someone else and she decided that she wasn't going to take it. I mean, technically speaking, they're all young guys compared to her. There's only one or two of them who are older than her, if not right around age, her same age. Kenny, the boy band manager, who's it? I just, there's something about him that I find very unsettling. Yeah, and Jeremy Banker. Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, he weirds me out and I can't figure out why. And I don't know if it's somebody else. Is it because he's like off, he looks like off-brand Ricky Martin? <laughs> yeah, he also to me is just like, if I were to have drawn a picture of a banker, I would have drawn a picture of Jeremy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, of course that's what he does for work. I would have frosted his tips last. <laughs> I feel like Paige is another one that really was off to me especially when he left and he was like I wanted to show her my heart uh, this tattoo oh my he had God. the skeezy facial hair going too I was like you look like a cartoon a bad cartoon villain oh my page wasn't loading that's why it, it is it's Tyler C was the young one who brought the info from the outside yeah. forward mm-hmm Zach, Zach J was the person who, if you were supposed to draw sort of a, a quote, attractive white, you know, generic man, that's who I would draw. Yeah, right. he's the template for all these bachelor guys. Yes. Zach J. Yeah, like some of them are scrawnier, some of them have like slightly, it's it's like there's a, a set of mix and match elements and they just sort of slap them all together. <laughs> like, cool, you get a, a strong chin or you get like, you know, this or that, you get, you get the like wavy hair doing this. Yeah. It's like that meme of all the dudes leaning over at the baseball game and they yes. all look exactly the same. Yeah, it's like a copy paste that gets a little bit diluted every time. Yeah. I will say she she had a surprising number of black suitors. I actually was really surprised, pleasantly surprised by the diversity of the dudes. There was the one guy, I forget his name, but who greeted her in Tagalog. And then the other guy... Chris, who's Asian as well, and Joe is, I was just like really, you know, it seemed like they, for The Bachelor, which is a low bar, sort of squeaked higher than they normally would. Yeah, I think, so Joe is the only one who surprised me because he got to stay. Chris was the immediate sacrificial lamb. There have been very few seasons in the the episodes I've watched, and I think if this extends even further past the ones that I've watched, you know, historically, that any Asian contestant makes it to a certain threshold. Chris was the first sacrificial lamb. Joe will go soon. Yeah. An Asian woman was sort of the motivator, producer, recap person last season. And so she stayed along, she stayed around a little bit longer, I think, because she would be like, I'm just trying to get the two of them to talk because they're fighting over this and this and that. And you know that they, there's, you can see that there's no chemistry between them and the actual. It's just one of those things where you're like, oh, they're keeping you around because they need you to serve a purpose on the show, not because you might actually be chosen at the end. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. I think SNL did such a good job of capturing this when they have, they've had skits about it. And it's, I love that. That's everyone's, I love, I love that so much. I love that. Like you'd hand her a yeah, pile of scorpions and she'd be like, I love that. Thanks. Hey, can I steal you for a sec? God. Oh my God. Yes, that. <laughs> That skit was great. They get they get so defensive about the protocols of around, you know, having time with like, oh, well, I haven't spoken to her yet because I'm entitled to her time. And, and you know, we've had, there's been much drama in seasons past over people double dipping before people get a chance to speak to the main person. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I did, especially during the intros, there was this weird sense of, entitlement that these guys had to her as a not as a person they're like finally I get you know I get the opportunity to meet Claire to be with Claire to and I'm like this is still a person who has to 
choose you as well, theoretically, and you're treating her like she is a commodity in these interviews that she will see. <laughs> My like feminism alarm was going off very, very hard watching a lot of the intros, especially when they were talking about all the protocols that everyone had to jump through to even be on the show in the first place. They were, it was like, I have, I have sort of conquered the Temple of Doom and now I win the Maiden kind of a feel to it. Yes, commodification was definitely a word I was going to use. And then there's also, yeah. there's a sense of, well, there's a sense of entitlement because one, there's a bunch of straight dudes running around and that's just generally sure. how they tend to roll. Two, you know, the show has set up certain formats and, and templates and tropes. And because of that, everyone seems to be taking them as this is law, this is how it should go. And I think one of the things that changed slightly from the beginning is that it used to be a mystery who the bachelorette or the bachelor was going to be, right? You weren't there for that person, you were there to find love. And obviously the producers and the casting department would probably try and be like, okay, well, what are you interested in? What's your type, et cetera, et cetera. And then it, at some point, it seems like there was a shift to, we are casting because I'm here for Claire, but they're not actually there for Claire, right? Because there's such a limited window of time to know who the person is going to be. You've probably already applied to be on the show before you actually know who the person is going to be. But then once they tell you who, you're like, yes, that's you, you change your own narrative in a sense, right? And so it's been a very interesting to, thing to see them embrace where it's like, no, no, it's for Claire. And so if this switch does happen halfway through the season, you, or not <laughs> even halfway, you've got all these people professing like, I'm here for Claire. It's like, well, it's not Claire anymore, probably. So yeah. it's just so awkward. I, I just exactly had that same feeling you were just, you were talking about, Kyle, where it was like, I put myself as Claire and thinking like all of these 30 men clamoring for my time, first of all, it would make me extremely uncomfortable. But yeah, it is like feeling like you're a piece to grab kind of thing instead of people genuinely coming and being like oh she seems cool I want to get to know her it's more like I just I need to get my th my time in it's just very awkward that is definitely a repeat phrase I haven't had my time with her yet yeah and I, I felt like they also when they were showing the preview for the big switch or you know the big blow up I guess we don't know that there's a switch they were like will we get a new bachelorette as if she again is just this sort of treat that they all are entitled yeah. to yeah it really yeah it's the entitlement is the part that's just like ooh. it's a little slimy a little a lot slimy it's a lot slimy <laughs> i don't know if i want to say something controversial or not but i am like anti-dale i don't know if that is weird to say i'm very anti-dale like, but i'd like to know okay, why you great. are I was, <laughs> maybe her it was i think it's partially her reaction because i don't necessarily think that like you can know who your husband is when you first meet them. Like, I think you could know who you're very attracted to. And I think that you can know who you'd like to, you know, get to know better or, or whatever. But to, for her to say like, oh my God, I met my husband and make such a big deal out of it. It's like, okay, calm down, Claire, like take a breath. And then two, I think his intro and everything I saw of him, to me, I was like, you are a predator. You yourself are just very, you have a lot of tendencies to me that make me feel like you would gaslight a woman and like just treat her really poorly. And I don't know if that is just because I haven't had a lot of exposure to him or what, but I, seeing all of that, I was just like, Ugh. Some of it's not his fault, right? She has put so much importance on this 
re- relationship is being so generous about the word relationship. So, yeah. But I mean. she she has made this declarative statement and maybe I'm naive and but I don't think you can know in that moment. But I think you can convince yourself into a false sense of security and then overlook all these things because you can be super attracted to someone, but you don't know anything about this person after meeting. You didn't say 10 words to him, maybe. I don't know if I got the outright predatory vibe, but I got the he's not here for her. He's here for the show mm. vibe off of him. And maybe that's some of it is bad from knowing that generally speaking a lot of these pro sports players who come on the show you know your career is somewhat limited and also there's just so many pro sports players out there that don't differentiate themselves right like not everyone is LeBron not everyone is Tom Brady not everyone is you know Steph Curry and so you've yeah. got to make a living somehow and yeah. this is a way to get attention when you've sort of and passed the prime of your or you maybe you weren't that go- you weren't that good to start which is why you are yeah. or in Easy's case he's an agent now and I part of me wonders if it's like you know these sports people like the attention and so this is a way for them to recapture that sort of feeling of being on the field everyone looking at them in the same way that professional sports sort of fills that need but yeah, I just got real icky vibes from from Dale, and I was so surprised that she just had such a reaction to him, where Chris had to come on and be like, "Are you all right?" <laughs> it was unexpected. I think I think the other thing we haven't talked about is there's a whole economy to The Bachelor, right? There is a whole For sure. You get the follower bump, you get the endorsements. I mean, maybe the not so much the men, but maybe these days, you know, the tummy time tea, Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, they're going for that mm-hmm. endorsement lifestyle influencer thing. And I think the people who do come from maybe sports backgrounds are more aware of the the channels to get to these things, right? And they real they see it as a pathway much more. Like that's why like Kenny skeezes me out. He's a boy band manager, you know. I'm like, um, Talk about one of the weirdest jobs I've ever seen on like a ticker, right? Like boy band manager. I saw that and I literally, I wrote it down on my pad because I was like, what is this guy's deal? Oh, there <laughs> have been some spectacular, this year was very tame compared to some of the really? other years. Yeah. I also really liked male grooming specialists. Oh yeah, that one was good. Barber, like, come on, who are you kidding? <laughs> Somebody was a dog lover, which is fair. I mean, free spirit, sport fishing enthusiast. These are women so far. Cowgirl, that's that's a job, I would say, actually. Sorority yeah, recruiter, is that a job you can have outside of being in college? Maybe. Chicken enthusiast. Chicken enthusiast. That was, a, that was an these interesting are, one. These are, a lot of these are jobs that I feel like if you were unemployed, you have to describe what your hobbies are. And you're like, oh, well, like my occupation is a... Uh, chicken enthusiast because I am occupied by my chicken. Yes, I have been feeding a chicken in my backyard for, you know, however long. Um, aspiring dolphin <laughs> yeah. trainer. She was actually interesting. She came in in a full-on shark suit, which is not a dolphin. Okay, that's the other thing is some of them had great entrances. Some of them, I was just like, wow, good for you. The guy who came in pretending to be her from her entrance. Yeah, I didn't get that reference, but I was like, oh, okay, this is something. And I was like, way to go, bro. You showed that you did your homework. You know her, you know where she came from. Yeah. And you're like poking fun at her a little bit, but also like very respectfully, right? It's not like you were like, Claire, please marry me. The guy with the butt ring, that was hilarious. That was pretty funny. I, my favorite one, apart from Easy, who like jumped through the, the hoops, Tyler with his station wagon, although the cheesy line, like I packed up my whole life in the station wagon and now I'm ready to spend it with you. I was like, okay, no, never mind. Yeah, but I like that it sort of it set him apart from all the other ones in the opposite way that rolls uh, Harvard Bennett Rolls Royce. Yes, the third. <laughs> did, right? He's not going to be the third. Yeah, Esquire. Yeah, that that did because 
I was like, oh, well, he describes himself as West, from West Virginia, I think, or something, something. like that. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's that down-to-earth Southern guy, you know? Totally. And I was like, this plays right into your own brand. And then, honestly, hands down, the very best intro, the guy who brought her flip-flops. Oh, I thought that too. I was like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a caretaker yep. right there. That's That man yep. knows what's up. Yep. He knows. He's, he's been around women. He knows and he cares about you. I mean, maybe it was just a stick. I don't know. But I was like, yeah, bro. Like, this is what you bring your girlfriend to a wedding. Pack the flip-flops so that she doesn't complain when her feet start to hurt. Like, here you go. I thought of you. It was thoughtful. I will, I think, I got the sense that their intros, the intros have been getting more and more extravagant over the years. And I think this year did feel a little limited by COVID. Like, I feel like they were only able to pull so many stunts and maybe some of the guys came in with certain ideas and they were like, no, there's usually, Often there are live animals involved, which feels very scary and dangerous. And I feel like those were all told, no, you cannot do that. Sometimes it's like a horse or like someone brings an oxen or something, something along those lines. It has, I've not seen things that make me want to call PETA yet, but I've not seen all the seasons. I I did look up one guy's job description was tickle monster. Nope. Don't like that. Nope. That's a big note for me. Waboom. This guy came on the show and clearly wanted to make this catchphrase work. And his job description was waboom. It wasn't, it wasn't a, that was his thing. And he came on the show and he was like, I, he clearly wanted to make the. He's trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He was trying to make fetch happen, but he's someone who just blatantly came in and was trying to gain a social media presence. Right. And that's, that's where the economy side of it kind of comes in. And I'm like, oh, some pants entrepreneur. That's one I haven't seen. Yeah, wow. Yeah, the intros were muted this year. And I feel like that was partially a concession too. Yeah. I also feel like it's so, I don't know, when they kept showing the shots of their room, like I know that La Quinta is like a a city in California, right? Like I can't help but think that they're like at a La Quinta Inn. (laughs) Like are they? Maybe. Well, so I looked it up and, and it is, it's a resort. It's, it's expensive, but it's not like some of the crazy expensive places they've stayed before. And also this is one of those things where normally they stay in a mansion together. They all, yeah, they all, so I was like, oh, they get. Yeah. Well, they were at the mansion. Oh, for that. For the mansion for Listen to Your Heart. Okay. They were at a mansion. I don't know if it was the mansion, but they were definitely at a mansion. And it was, it felt very like extravagant. We're all living together. We all have our own nice fancy room, all these really elaborate musical instruments everywhere. And like balconies and outlooks and nooks. Oh, and, if they all had things. their own rooms, then they I don't think they were at Bachelor Mansion. Because Bachelor Mansion I, is like, they have to bunk up together. It was each couple, because there were only six couples. Each couple mm. had their own room. It's possible they something like it. that. Yeah. Yeah. But you can stay at the La Quinta, whatever resort, something, something for less than 300, maybe 300 bucks a night with like a resort fee and taxes right now. Right I now. Mean, I feel like that price goes way up when they're like, hey, can we rent out your entire resort? And you can't invite anyone in. And also we need all of your staff to be tested. And we're going to take over like all of your facilities. No, I think they were like, thank you so much for doing this. Because otherwise they're not really going to have a ton of income, right? They'd be Mm -hmm. at 20% capacity at the most. It is a lot like how, and obviously this goes back to what we just finished, Love Island on the the rooftop patio at the Caesars, right? I was like, well, this is great. Promo for Caesars. And then also, you know, they get to utilize a space that was not going to be used. Yeah, I think, I, th- yeah. I assume that that is what the, the moving to the resort trade-off was. was. And there's a, a there's a whole bevy of information out there about the sort of things that they get comped on the show for the crazy mm. dates. That's the other thing that's going to be really interesting this year is normally part of the fun is you get to go on these extravagant dates and do all these things and they always travel. Like that's the yeah. big thing. We're pack up everyone. We're going to Amsterdam. We're going to whatever. <laughs> I'm like, 
we're going to oh hi yeah <laughs> we're, going Palm to, Springs. we're going to drive somewhere also imagine what it must have been like for the guys who got eliminated night one uh, yeah to do all that work and then just get kicked out right away i mean it's in some senses it's all that work but in other senses and this is the same thing i would say for Love Island, you get to do something during this time, right? You are basically being taken care of. You aren't paying for your food. You aren't paying for whatever. You're having an yeah, adventure. You don't, have, <laughs> don't have to wear a mask anywhere on the premises That's too, true. right? I assume that they have tested and continue to test everybody to make sure that everyone is safe. I sincerely hope so. You get to hug people, you know, you get to- <laughs> I mean, even just touching another person, right? Like they've created their own NBA bubble basically. And yep. they're just letting them run wild there. Uh, probably about as many diseases as the NBA. No, I, I actually bet the NBA <laughs> bubble was relatively clean. Yeah. I mean, the entire season, not one person got COVID. Yeah, this, I mean, this might be the, the most STD free season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette because of, right. because everyone is actually being- isolated from temptation and also they had a test going into it like <laughs> that's, that's you know true. that they gave them like the blood test right yeah i mean that is i think that is an stuff. obligation to be on the show i want to say you have to go in. maybe that was jersey shore or something along those lines but there mm. there are there are a lot of rules about and also background checks that there was a lot of issues with which is why you hope that like a what's his face um dale isn't a murderer or something like that but he still gives off that vibe a little bit yeah for sure and also i just kind of feel like i watched i looked at his eyes and there was nothing there it was like a dead it was a it's shark eye it's a it's for sure predator but i'm like i part of me wants to be like is that just because that's his face you know is it just his eyes <laughs> set a little he does have sort of narrower eyes and i'm trying not yeah. to but i'm like Half of these guys have punchable faces anyway, so. So many. I'm looking at the guy right below him on the list is Jason, who is also sort of squinty, and he's a former football lineman. I'm like, are we building a small team here? I mean, maybe they'll play the touch football one of the one of the days. They do. That Keep is a thing that they, yeah, they have leaned on. Are you going to watch yes. the rest of the season? I think so. I think I'll at least watch the next episode, right? Because I kind of want to see how they keep this stick up. What I was thinking is I was going to watch up until the explosion, mm -hmm. right? Or the implosion or the whatever happens. Because again, as I mentioned in the intro, I love fighting. <laughs> I mean, who who doesn't? Why would we watch these shows otherwise? That's true. I just really want to see her take back her own power and get in whatever dude's face mm. did her wrong. And I think from her intro with Juan Pablo, who to me seemed like a fly ball and everything I've read about his season was icky. I want her to just like get in some dude's face and hopefully just send them packing, right? True. I think that is the, the, the big challenge though, right? Is like she's sending all these guys packing, but maybe they would have been great fits for the next person. Yeah. I do. I'm very excited to see what happens. I, I yeah. Them. I mean, again, I, my, my sort of feminist heart hopes that she steps up and is just like, all of you guys suck. <laughs> I'm out of here. That, that, that has not happened yet, but I will say um, there was a previous one too, season, last season, Hannah Brown, who you would think would be, she's a Southern, you know, she's pretty big into her faith. She ended up having some pretty spectacular feminist moments. Some of it involved, there was a guy on the show who was, a, I think he was a born again virgin, which was own separate issue not that i have an issue with that but the fact that he was he was coming after her for her decisions in terms of yeah premarital sex and all that stuff and she just mm -hmm. laid into him and she she was like god will love me no matter what you know this is not part of my fate and and i was like good for you and there was a moment where to the point earlier she said like you're supposed to be here for me not fighting with each other when the guys were fighting amongst themselves over something so th there Way have to go, been moments yeah but i don't get the sense that claire is that person yeah and this is terrible although 
is it because she's a little bit older and not like as raging feminist maybe as a younger person might be? I almost feel like that would make her less likely to put up with somebody's trash, you know? She's like, I'm, I've been through this a couple times and I don't have the time, especially considering her intro was like, I worked and I waited and I did it and well, it's finally happening. Okay, we get it, Claire, but I kind of don't think that she's, I hope that she's not going to put up with it. Oh, I do too. But I also, I don't find her compelling, honestly. Yeah. Her story is not, I mean, I know, I know there's the whole, her mythology on the show, but I, because I am not a part of it. I I saw her on her last round of Bachelor in Paradise and I was like, okay, good luck. Did she leave that season? Because she's apparently left before. She left that season. Bachelor in Paradise one, where she was on it, she left. (laughs) Like, so this is a pattern that she's clearly established. Yeah, it's not as big of a deal, it feels like. I mean, maybe when she did, it was more big of a deal, but there have been multiple people who leave Bachelor in Paradise who just go like, I'm not ready, I'm not, in part because they just bring them in from all these other seasons, and some of them are fresh off of, as much as I think it's BS for them to be like, I'm not over the the fill-in-the-blank person who... I was on the show for two, three weeks and, you know, head over heels with it. You didn't actually, you didn't have a connection with them or you didn't have something that's worth not trying to be open to new people for, but they'll, they'll claim that, you know, they are not ready to start dating again or. Baloney. Thank you so much for being here. I look forward to your additional thoughts on the season. If you continue to watch it. Yeah, I am definitely going to continue to watch it just for my own, uh, time (laughs) eating up all the time that I do have to watch reality TV. (laughs) Yeah, this was fun. And that is our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Kelsey and Kyle for, quote, suffering through The Bachelorette for me. If you enjoyed the show, we would absolutely love it if you could leave us a rating or a review, or even if you felt so inclined, you could subscribe to the show. Thank you again for listening.